0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to I believe episode six of the whole hundred fifteen yards women's football podcast. My name is Freya, and joining me as always is my good mate Lindsay. Lindsay, we are going to a final. How are you feeling?
1: Oh, I'm so excited! I always say it's every every pod donut. I'm always excited. I need to come up with something more original um <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm absolutely over the moon for the girls they absolutely deserved it with that game i i've been critical of them so far um but i really think that they 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 really deserved it with that game what about you
0: absolutely i uh, so we are recording this on thursday night so we've had time to kind of let everything sink in let our hearts get back to their normal rhythms but yeah i was listening to it at work and me and one of my colleagues, we had the radio one at the same time, but different apps. So we were either ahead of each other or behind each other. So we just kept shouting, go, um, every time something was happening and we were getting so into it and so excited. Um, my project manager, who is French and has no interest in football whatsoever, I'm working on it, um, I'm gonna try and get her to a game. She uh, she kept going, what, what are you shouting about? I'm like, it's a goal, we're doing well. And she was like, England doing well. Um, And that seems to be the key thing. Um, We were talking, weren't we, about how um, Gary Neville did an interview today about how, you know, oh, England teams, you know, they don't do this. They don't win European championships. They don't go to World Cup finals. And then it's like, yeah, but the women do, you know, they're setting the bar, they're changing the game. And I think for a long time, England had this reputation of, oh we'll get so far in a tournament but then we'll just crash and burn and not really win anything but these lionesses they're rewriting what it means for english football and we are going to dissect every single part of this match so settle in and join us on this journey now let's talk about lineups so we talked a little bit about how serena probably won't change her lineup because we know she doesn't really like change does she um mm-hmm. but we're we're happy with her lineup happy she didn't change anything
1: yeah i think this game was um i'll, I'll probably another thing where i'm going to get slightly for saying it would be an easier game because A lot of the girls that are playing on both teams are wsl players or with wsl experience and uh, they know each other and the game will flow and allow both teams to play in a way that they play play best which is the australians being you know aggressive and on the count or on the counter and england being um creative and moving it around and and doing that so this, the formations for both of them actually allow them to play their best football, which made it a very beautiful match to watch compared to some of the others that have been a bit more, um, we won't use the word animalistic of somebody as somebody has apparently used, um, but um, the, a bit more brutal, shall we say, a bit more physical, um, a bit more um, tactical, a bit more
0: um, concise
1: concise and streetwise yeah um so allow allow that so i was pleased with the lineup um i was pleased to see changes at the front for england uh playing two up top rather than playing three i think that works so much better because Lessie has fallen for dropping deep and because they always mark her out the game um because she's a bit of a, a mountain isn't she she's a tall tall girl um and and she's quite physical um i think that it allows people like toonie to rotate and move around and run into those gaps and less it drop deep and hempo to run on um and it, it just got so many more people in the box and the other thing was um we watched it today um and i found that the gaps and that we picked up on in the last game the weaknesses, especially of where is Rachel Daly playing, she's playing everywhere but her position on the grid, um, were solved. Yeah. And there was always a support and a doubling back and everything was just right.
0: Yeah, it was, they felt free. And we were, I think we were saying this at the time, they they looked so happy and confident and comfortable in their roles. And we'll, I was going to talk about it a little bit, but we'll talk about it now. Um, Ella Toon, you know, she's had some criticism saying, oh, she hasn't had the best tournament. And I was even listening to a couple of podcasts today and they said that. Uh, But we actually said last time, it's not that she hasn't had a bad game. She's just got a different role. She hasn't been expected to be that goal scorer, that, you know, that massive impact. She's just, her role was to kind of hold that midfield, wasn't it? And to be, and to help the team. But Today, like you said about the change in formation, she was able to play like the Toonie we know. And so she scored and she was getting those tackles in. And it was like, right, Toonie is here. She had a phenomenal game, which then leads to, um, again, we could talk about it later. We'll have a bit of pr- prediction now. It's that thing of, well, she was dropped for Lauren James. Lauren James has now served her two-match ban and will be available for the final. So it's down to Serena, you know, does she go on merit? They both arguably could start, or who is going to make the biggest impact off the bench? But we will talk about that uh, when we talk about uh, predictions for the final. I still, I still can't believe we're saying that, uh, the final. Now, when I looked at the Australia lineup, they said they were making two changes. Now, a bit like the Champions League game between Barcelona and Chelsea. Where they were teasing Alexia's return at the camp now, and they were making this massive thing of it. You know, Sam Kerr was kind of teased to start, wasn't she? The poster girl of the tournament, the captain, the you know famous icon um, of women's football in Australia. Um, so she was starting, and also um, Paul Kinghorn came mm. in as well. Now she came in for Lana Kennedy, and I've spoken about this on the podcast before. Alana Kennedy's had a phenomenal tournament but qualities like how physical she is, how many amazing blocks she has provided for that Australian team. And I think Walking Horn's good but I think they really missed Alana Kennedy. And I think Gustafsson really missed a trick by not including her. Um, Were you surprised that Alana Kennedy wasn't there and didn't even come on?
1: Yeah, because she's played in the last few games that she's played. She has been amazing. She's been one of the best players in that team. And although she's not the one that's grabbing the headlines, she's the one. You know, she's she's, she's had injury, hasn't she, this last season, and then she's come back. And she's forced away into the city setup, not really having many minutes, like as if compared to if she played the whole season. And she's come back fighting and she's really hungry for it. And that to me is a player that I want in my team, a player that delivers and is hungry because they work hard. So it was a real surprise to me to drop her. But obviously, managers know things that we don't and have tactics but i would have played her because mm. she would have been a bit more robust for people like georgia because georgia was quite had a lot of space in that game and if they all jump on kira to stop kira doing the passes then there's Tony, and Tony can do those passes as we well know mm. so it, it's almost like they missed a trick
0: yeah, definitely, and I think if she had started, I think that would have made all the difference. I really do. Um, it might not have been three one; it could have been maybe one one in under under pens that I may have predicted on our TikTok. Um, so yeah, so I think it would have been a very different game without it. But as you said, we are not the managers; we can only speculate and give our opinion. So as the game starts, then Georgia Stanway nearly scores an absolute worldy now if she'd have scored and that had actually gone in do you reckon that would have completely changed the rest of the game yeah
1: i think that that was that would have been an early statement and i think heads would have dropped and it would have made the game it would have put fire in the Aussies' bellies because there was plenty of time to come back but yeah. because we scored towards the end of the first half you could see their heads just dropped Worth, I, think. Yeah, so
0: I think that was like in the eighth minute or something, wasn't it? Yeah. So that would have really, really set it off. And then Leslie hit the side net in yeah. moments later. And it's like, right. We hoped and predicted that they would start strong because there was no room for a slow build yeah. <laughs> in that match, was there? So the fact that they started so strong and those chances were there, we were like, right, okay, this this England side are good to go. They, they are hungry for these goals. And when you're in a stadium like that, And that noise, I mean, we saw it um, on the BBC coverage, Uh, Farah couldn't hear them in the studio, could she? She was just completely, I don't know if you're talking to me right now, but let's let's try and make a prediction, let's try and uh, talk about something. But when you've got that many fans, and fans getting tickets in the England section, uh, which we will talk about, um, to be able to silence that, they knew that was their key goal, didn't they? To be able to silence that crowd. Yeah, and if
1: you look at their BBC coverage or or ITV or whoever was doing it, I think it was BBC, um, they all um, all looked crestfallen, didn't they? Like you said, um, their faces just dropped the first goal they were all right about. And then when um, Sam Kerr scored, they all went absolutely nuts. And then when the second goal went in, they were like, oh, OK. And then when Lesley scored, they were just like, OK, what's the two kind of thing.
0: And I felt I felt really bad because they just kept panning to all of the really sad, yeah. heartbroken fans. I was like, it's but it is it's such a reflection of how they were feeling and how this build up has been, you know, because it would have been phenomenal for the horse country to get to a final. Like yeah, we, yeah. we felt it last year, didn't we um, go on all the way. So they they had a really good chance at winning. Like, their, their form, their, if you look at their team sheet, you know, they had such a good chance. But unfortunately, they just didn't do enough on the day. And that's football, isn't it? It just, if it doesn't happen on the day, then then that's it. You, you kind of go home. But they still do have their third and fourth place yeah. decider against Sweden, don't they? So it's not all loss. They still could get a medal. But I do hope Sweden win <laughs> with that one. Um, that would be a really good match, actually. I, I can't wait to watch that one. Um, but anyway, we digress, don't we? Let's let's get back. Um, now, I put a very interesting point. Um, so basically, what I've done, I made notes all the way through the match, and we're just gonna gonna talk through them. I've put Millie and Rachel's heads need their own shirt numbers <laughs> because if all of their headers actually turned into goals, they we're unstoppable just with our heads, aren't we? yeah we'll be like yeah can we have 13 players but actually two of them are just heads that's that that's it (laughs) uh now it was really interesting because there's that narrative isn't there of well no one likes women's football no one's interested in it i beg to differ uh the viewing figures came out today i don't know if you saw them i i believe it was 7.2 million i've got them
1: here so 11.15 million national broadcast reach and the normal i think that's the aussie numbers that's the that's just for the aussie numbers and they said that it was the most watched tv program since it began but also the reach of the game was about half the aussie population apparently but i'm not sure how correct that is but i read it somewhere that about half the population so it's all right sitting there going on no one watches women's football women's footballs you know should be doing the dishes well i'm sorry but i don't think half the population we're all watching it for watching it in the background yeah
0: and um, so let's just get those numbers again so what was it for australia it was
1: 11.15 million national broadcast wow. reach
0: that's incredible isn't it just 11.15 million and then for um the uk I when i just got up on bbc sport a peak of 7.3 million viewers watch bbc one as the lionesses won their world cup semi-final which is the biggest audience of the world cup so far and that's just watching the match live if you were like us who watched it again on repeat um you know on the evening after work and things it's it's just phenomenal. Like, there's a lot of people saying, oh, I don't really watch it. But they are. Because everyone you speak to is talking about it, whether they've watched it in the past or not, because it's such a big thing. And it's such a monumentous occasion that the women are in a final, a final. Um, you know, people aren't interested. Of course they are. There's always going to be the trolls that, as you rightly said, oh, i just get back to the kitchen, there's dishes that I need doing, blah, blah, blah. But if you love football, you love football you love the game it doesn't matter whether it's women's men's you support your country you support your team don't you so like i said in the episode last time my <laughs> my mom only likes watching maybe the highlights she likes the goals likes the penalties doesn't really like to sit and watch a game and even she was texting us going that lauren hemp in fact no i'm gonna get her exact quote because it was uh, such a mom
1: she was a strong
0: girl didn't she Yeah, she said, right, my favourite was Lauren Hemp. What a strong girl. And I was like, yeah, she's absolutely brilliant. She's going to be our player of the match. And she said, but how powerful. She didn't let any of the opposition dominate her. What an inspiration for all young girls. And then she even went on to say, I do get mixed up, but I'm starting to recognise some of the players. And it's like, for someone who could take or leave football, even that, oh, I recognise Lauren Hemp. Oh, she's fantastic. She's so dominant. She's so quick to want to be involved in that world is phenomenal, isn't it? Kind of, more... and it's
1: good because Home are not even a poster girl, is she? She's not like yeah, nice. she's not like Lucy Bronze or Leah Williamson, who kind of household names and people will go, oh yeah, I recognise that. Rachel Daly, Millie Bright, yeah. When you've got Lauren Hemp, who deservedly deserves to be a household name but she's kind of like lower on the radar people don't know chloe kelly because she scored that that goal goal, but if she hadn't scored that goal then she'd still be chloe kelly and people would be like who so it's 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 crazy but it's great to see and my mum's my mum said um it's nice to see girls um looking like girls playing football and i was like but they all do So, but it's it's nice for her to change her attitude to how football is
0: played. Yeah, and my mum also, sorry, mum, also said a similar thing. She went, it's so lovely to see feminine yet very strong athletic girls um, be able to play the game because uh, I think some generations, again, not my mum, just, you know, she's far too young for that. Some generations have still got this stereotype of what a, a female footballer looks like. Haven't they? So for them to see, you know, Alex Greenwood with her hair, her makeup, the eyelashes—you know, Tuni with her eyelashes as well, which we know she loves Katie Zellum as well. Katie Zellum—it's you know, you don't have to be a particular stereotype to play football. You just have to enjoy the game. That's it. That that is the only. And it's also good for
1: every body type because I think on that
0: team, you've
1: got every different shape of woman, and the one good thing about it is they're all healthy with it yeah. it's a real good positive image because people can go mm. well you know I'm I'm not tiny like Chloe Kelly and and Leah and, and I don't feel like I fit in and then they look at other players and think oh I'm built like them and actually I've got something more to look up to so
0: yeah people are seeing themselves on
1: the pitch um, yeah and that's what matters but it's just nice to have the different different shapes yeah. on, on the pitch
0: yeah no I really like that and it's it shows that diversity, um, that obviously we're still striving towards more diversity, but it's, it is, it's there. And it's, you know, you can be any one of these players. You don't have to fit Mm -hmm. into a certain type. So yeah, good point, well done. Um, I've also put, um, compared to our team that looked very calm and comfortable and in control and very dominant, the Aussies looked quite shaken, didn't they? possession rate I don't have the stats off the top of my head but that it wasn't too bad I think they had more possession at one point so but they were getting really really frustrated and I think that had something to do with maybe the pressure because it's a home world cup you've got through to the semi-finals there was so much pressure on you to perform and deliver and make the fans happy and they were getting so worked up so quickly now I just think that was part of the English game plan to rile
1: them up a bit yeah i think i think it's pressure cooker effect isn't it and it's how well you can Mm -hmm. handle the pressure now england are used to playing with big crowds they're used to having the crowds behind them and some of these players are used to getting abuse uh so being the baddie makes a bit of a change from having everybody cheering you on um so for them there's a bit of revenge from the game earlier in the year you know go to their home ground and, and beat them and take it back um but i think the way serena plays or likes to play is very patient football and it's all about we'll wait and like you said the we'll stay burner football um and although we went out and we went for it it was like okay so what do we know what are we going to do we're going to keep possession we're going to play it around we're not going to force a pass if, we, if the space isn't there we're not going to force a pass we're just going to move it around till the space comes clear and then we're going to play into it and then we're going to surge forward Um, and it's all that patient and it's all about experience and that's the difference when you see um, teams I really think about WSL and you've got teams like Chelsea and you see them playing uh, internationally on the big stage and and they're coming toe-to-toe with other big clubs it's all about being patient and waiting for your moment and I think both teams did that but Australia were like we're trying to get through we're trying to get through and hitting a brick wall whereas England were like, No, we're having you and, and literally just just taking it. And I think that was that was a difference watching this game compared to the Nigeria game and other games because in those games we weren't able to be patient. We didn't have the time and the space whereas this game we did and it allowed us to play the football that we like
0: yeah it was as if they'll win for us to make the mistake wasn't it so they attack yeah. on the counter and we didn't let them because <laughs> like you said it was that intelligent game management wasn't it
1: yeah we did make a few slip ups but
0: yeah the them on one hand and
1: we sorted it out very very quickly by doubling up on players and getting rid of it yeah. so it's not like
0: yeah, they weren't fatal errors at all, were they? No, no,
1: so so they were good, and we did well. I, I think we did really well. It's probably the most the prettiest game of football that we played, and there's no pressure on the England, England team because the pressure's all on the Aussies
0: as the home team. Exactly, yeah, and I think we've had the narrative so long of, it doesn't have to be pretty football as long as you get the job done, but actually, last night, they managed to do both have yeah. a pretty game and win <laughs> have you also noticed um just as i've used the word pretty there um i don't know why i did that um have you noticed pundits starting to say um oh they're playing cute football yeah if you noticed the, the
1: the use i don't like of feminine it feminine adjectives that suddenly appear to describe our game and i'm like yeah no it's just just there's no gender in it it's just football it's a game played by both genders
0: i was talking to um georgie from the women's football blog um who we are friends with on instagram and tiktok and she said earlier that she was listening to a game and one of the commentators and i think i remember it now she said it said something like the goalkeeper like um saved a shot i can't remember which goalie it was uh kind of brought to her chest and like lay down It wasn't Mary Earps. It was someone else. And they went, oh, um, she's cradling it like a newborn child. It's so delicate. And it's like, you wouldn't say that in the men's game. And if you're cuddling a newborn child like that, I think you're doing it wrong. (laughs) Because why are you throwing a baby? But it is. It's all of these slightly sexist, far too far. And it's like, there's no need for it at all you don't have to prettify it it's still got to have a say it's like we yeah we we
1: can't let the girl the girls do so well and and do so well and beat us we've got to still put them down because that's what they are rather than bring them up and and celebrate it's like with the night kits isn't it look tournament of goalkeepers and you can't buy a single goalkeeper shirt and think of how many little girls that are in this country who would love a mary goalkeeper shirt and i think a lot of people would have bought her shirt with her name on the back or ellie roebuck or han hampton because they both have all three of them have big followings and i think it's just a shame that they haven't had that and there's other goalkeepers in this tournament look at Mackenzie arnold um who have been fantastic
0: yeah did you see the picture of the aussie fans that had made their own yeah yeah um yeah yeah and the fact that Foudis, we talk about them all the time but foudies are made that this is my keeper shirt because they the demand is there so i don't know why nike in the fa whoever made that decision they've done it across the board with all of them haven't they it's the way the goalkeepers have played this
1: tournament it just, mm. they should be there and it, it should be there for the little girls and, yeah. and the little boys that want to wear them Absolutely. because it's, it's you know the, you don't want a team of 11 Alessia Russo's because you only have so many spaces for forwards you're going to need a Millie Bright you're going to need a Rachel Daly who is playing wherever um you're going to need an Alex Greenwood yeah you're going to need an Alex Greenwood and you're also going to need Mary Earps and and she's such an inspirational figure I think when she retires she will go into inspirational speaking as well as other business ventures and and um because she will be so good at talking about resilience and I think it's really important and yeah. it just shows how much of a clangour Nike have done with this and also on a side point the FA about their bonuses mm. they're going to have to eat their words because there's a, a debate now about Serena Williams being paid the same as Gareth Southgate because she's achieved in two years more than he's achieved in donkey's years, and he's getting paid way more than her. So they need to level up the, the pay for both of them. If she brings home, the fact she's got us to a final in itself
0: is enough to justify paying her equally, so. Well, there's been some articles today as well that um, Serena could be in the running for the next men's manager when Southgate's yeah. contract expires not a chance and also the u.s women's national team are interested in serena as well
1: yeah and and she's they've said no FA i said c- categorically yeah. no. but i don't think serena would suit the american setup. No. i don't think she's she doesn't like arrogance and i don't think she would That's be all team bond then. See, <laughs> yeah i think the because the english they're not really arrogant wow. and big egos they might be big personalities on social media, but behind that, as individuals, they aren't like that no. at all. It's all front for um, psyching out the opposition. It's the same as the Aussies. The Aussies have got quite a big ego, but you know for a fact that underneath that ego, she'd bring out the best in them because they're workable with, whereas the Americans, as they've proved and has been their downfall this tournament. They won't do it. Yeah, too cocky.
0: Um, I did also, talking about uh, Mary ups and T-shirts, an advert came up, because clearly the Instagram logarithm knows me so well, for this clothing company. I believe they're called Holler FC, which made us laugh. They've designed a T-shirt with merps um, with a number one underneath. And then on the back, it says, Mary Queen of Shots. And I absolutely loved it. Instead of, of said um it should have been mary queen of stops but uh yeah i just i just thought that was a really t t-shirt <laughs> but that's the thing if people are designing t-shirts with these players on there is a demand there because they're an icon um so yeah so now we've talked about our interesting clothing lines <laughs> um yeah, sorry. okay <laughs> sorry everybody now the one thing that we haven't mentioned yet so we said about the play was flowing much better. It was a high-quality football match. It wasn't just about boot it, see what happens. We don't really know how to get through them, etc. Because there was that much quality in the game really flowed. And there was only one minute of extra time added in the first half, which is unheard of. I think, but saying that, I think Australia's last match was only a minute as well. So Maybe Australia's their their lucky charm is is uh, only the one minute I've had out time. But we did say it was lovely to see ex-villa player Emily Gilnick there at half time as well with Farah. She didn't get to say much though, did she? Poor
1: Emily. No, and we were saying this before we came on, didn't we? We were saying it was a bit unfair. She was stood there like a spare table leg, absolutely just there for ornamental. Use rather than actually asking the questions, and it's such a shame because Emily is very knowledgeable about the game and tactics and would have been able to give a lot more of an insight. I think she's played with them, she's been a Matilda, she is a Matilda. Um, she's only out because of injury, and I think that she's very well spoken, she comes across really well, she's done a lot of media, and I think it would be really good for her, like if we'd had Mm. the balance rather than just being the Farrah show, which no disrespect to Farrah, I know England were winning, but we've got to get past this, focusing on, over focus on Mm. one individual and let it be other individuals having a say, because they bring things that we don't think about. And Emily's not going to sit there and be like, oh, we're the best, blah, 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 blah. She will give credit to England, even if the Mm. Matildas are winning. Likewise, Farah needs to give credit to the Matildas if England are winning. So it needs to be a bit balanced. If not, what's the point in Emily being there?
0: Yeah, she should have. She should have had more time. Absolutely, because like we just said, she she is in the Matilda squad. It's only injury that's keeping her out, and she has played with these girls for years. Like she knows them inside out. So it would have been really nice to get that insight and that you know her, yeah, you know personal thoughts as well as kind of professional thoughts like now she can see both sides but you're right she would have been completely uh, balanced in her analysis because we know farah tends to lean on the side of certain people doesn't she um so yeah it would have been nice for emily to be more involved but <sighs> do we appreciate the gesture of her being there it was lovely to yeah. see her. we'll just leave it leave it there um and we can't wait to see actually who she signs with next because there's been no mention of that has there And so key players that stood out from Australia, then I will let you wax lyrical about Sam Kerr. So I'll do it about the other players on the team (laughs) because we said, didn't we there, Sam Kerr, yes, I can appreciate. She's a good player. Of course I can. And that goal, well, I'll let you talk about it, but there are other players in the team and that team wouldn't be a team without the other players Absolutely. so i'm going to talk about katrina gory who i think is just wonderful and i said her and hemp if they were on the same team they would be unstoppable the pace in both of them she's just brilliant um i really yeah. really like katrina gory um cooney cross as well um kyra cooney cross linked to chelsea so another aussie coming over to the wsl if rumors are true but yeah i think they put in a brilliant shift yesterday um surprisingly Steph Catley was kept quite quiet um now she's been kind of a commanding force in there uh in all of their games but yeah didn't really hear her didn't really see her obviously she took their corners and free kicks but yeah she was kept very quiet and of course uh Caitlin Ford was trying she was trying to do her thing um but I think Sam Kerr coming back in the lineup I think that actually messed up what Caitlin and Mary Fowler had at the front. Uh, so over to you, Sam Kerr, what'd you think? Should she have been in the starting lineup? I was gonna talk about Mackenzie Arnold. Um, oh, Mackenzie Arnold, I'll gonna
1: <laughs> say so, but Sam, um I think it was good to start her and then they could have they could have had her on and then bought her off and then put somebody else on at 70 minutes. Um she looked quite fit, but I know she's carrying a knock, uh, that goal. If it hadn't taken a deflection off Millie Bright, would Mary Epps have got to it? I'm not sure. Should Millie Bright have backed off as much and given him as much space, knowing what she's like? I'm not sure either, because if she'd gone in, then... Well, they were saying, weren't that. they, on the commentary?
0: She doesn't normally shoot from that far out. Yeah, yeah. Millie really Norner, as well as she did, she's probably gone. Ah, she won't shoot from there. I'll, you know, I'll get back for when she's actually going to shoot. So actually, Sam, Sam did her a bit dirty there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was going to say, my
1: my standout player for the Aussies was Mackenzie Arnold because, yet again, she had a fantastic game. I and mean, she was never going to get that one from Tooney. Um, no, Hempo, same and and let see. But I think she got some good stops in. She got a, a hand set and actually two of the three goals she got a hand to. But it was the pace on the ball that beat her. And it's not because she's not good enough because she's a really good goalkeeper. But I think it was just because the girls were hitting the ball so hard. They got, they had, they'd got had whatever Chloe Kelly had had for breakfast and they <laughs> were just smashing them past her. But yeah. she, it, it was close, really close. And, you know, mm. she could on another day have been a centimetre whisker over and she could have stopped them. So I think yeah. she had a really good game. She shouldn't be as disheartened as she probably is. Because um, it's a bit of blow to take, and obviously the keeper you blame yourself. But I think she had a really good game. She made some good stops with um, Georgia, Millie, um, Alessi, Lucy, Lucy. So she she got you know she, she was the difference between it being three one and seven one.
0: Yeah, the amount of chances we had, and you're right. She did. She pretty much always went the right way. It just happened to be that the goals that went in had so much power on them. She just, it just went through her, didn't yeah. it? Um, it was just too much. But, but yeah, she she has been one of the standout goalkeepers. Um, and you know, West Ham are really lucky to have her because she is so strong. It was interesting, though, to actually watch the difference between the England team that faced them in April mm-hmm. and how much we've grown and yeah. you know, completely <laughs> changed in most cases. To become the team that actually were the dominant ones, even though they were away from home. And to be able to do that in front of that home crowd, like we said, was just phenomenal. Um, would you like to say anything nice about Samco?
1: No, I was just going to say with the, the first game, um, the first game we played um, early this year, we didn't click, we didn't play well. It was probably one of our worst games, not because we lost, but it just wasn't happening for us. And yeah, it wasn't clicking, we, was it? This game, um, it worked and it, it clicked and it worked for us, and I think that was a difference. Um, and the the goals that went in in the first game were silly mistakes, and if we hadn't mm. made those silly mistakes, it could have been a draw. So we knew that we would be able to stay in that, that game, but I think that's that ultimately was the difference. It wasn't Sam Kerr at all, um. For once. <laughs>
0: Interesting, okay. I thought it was really interesting that Sam has, she's clearly got a lot of pressure on her because she's the face of the team, the captain, the golden girl. You know, she's had these high expectations on and the fact that she couldn't play the first couple of games, I think she's probably really felt, right, okay, it's the semi-final, I've got to perform, I've got to be Sam Kerr, which you can understand is immense pressure. Um, I don't you know, envy her at all for that. And every time, I mean, I don't know if the cameraman was doing this on purpose or not, but every time she missed a shot, which is unheard of anyway, for Samka, because she is that good, I will admit it, but they kept zooming in on her face every time she missed. And she was in such disbelief that she'd missed. And... I mean, that's a fantastic position to be in that. You can't believe that you've missed. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. But the fact that it kept happening and you could see the cogs kind of turn and been like, why can't I score? What is going on? Because when she did score the noise in that stadium was incredible, wasn't it? So do you reckon it was just kind of a culmination of all that pressure that got to her? I'm not sure. (sighs) Sam,
1: Sam strikes me as a person who. Strikes would, like it relish the pressure mm. i th- I th- obviously it will get to her, but she strikes me as someone who would like to be the bad guy coming back to Chelsea and Emma Hayes, and she would like that banter, and it would be okay for her to do that, but I think for her, her legs weren't working properly, so when she was telling her legs to do her feet to do stuff it wasn't happening for And I think it's that, and obviously the, the fitness levels, because the fitness levels have just been creeping up and up this tournament. And I just think with injuries and stuff, it probably hasn't happened. But you have good days and you have bad days. We've had days where we play games and it's just not, nothing has gone right. You know, we can, if, if the goal was in the car park, we'd score 10, <laughs> but it's not. Yeah, you know, we've had days like that and yeah. even even playing down the park you know, five aside side with your mates, you always have days where you just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um I, I like it um liken it to a game of snooker, the days when no matter how hard you try to pot the black, it doesn't go in. Mm-hmm. And you pot the white and forfeit the game. And that's what is happening, I think, for Sam, uh, yesterday. And it's such a shame because She's a good player, but it shows what is at risk, and sometimes it doesn't always go your way. Um, and it's either that or Mary Earps has got a force field around her goal, <laughs> and it's preventing Sam. Not um, meant to
0: tell people about that. That's meant to be secret. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mary. But yeah, I think it's it was nice to see, and I don't mean this in a bad way at all. It was nice to see that Sam Kerr is human yeah definitely and she because everyone puts her on this incredible pedestal and of you know she can do no wrong she's you know perfect goal scorer she's this she's that and she has shown that like i'm not taking away any any of her past achievements she's she has been brilliant but it kind of got to the point the last couple of seasons where She was always nominated for player of the year, players player of the year, you know, all of these things. And it's like, well, actually, has she done enough to earn that? Or is it because she's like the household name that everyone knows? So if she wasn't nominated, then it'd be like a snub and, you know, all of this kind of politics that went with it. So that's why she wins a journalist award, isn't it? Cause she's the household name. Yeah. Um, and I actually put that down in my notes. It's a bit like the way some of the commentators talk about her. It's a bit like, you know, when you were really little at school and you didn't really know that much about football, but you've heard. Again, I grew up near Sunderland, so we had like Kevin Phillips and it was, and obviously Alan Shearer was Newcastle, but you knew those names. So if someone went, here's your favourite footballer, you'd be like, yeah, Kevin Phillips. You didn't really know who Kevin Phillips was, but you knew his name and you knew he was kind of good. So it became that for a while of, oh yeah, well, it's got to be Sam Kerr because it's Sam Kerr. But if you know the game, you can see the positives of other players and their merit and things like that. So it's not that Sam Kerr didn't deserve it, because she has earned it. It was just that that shine seemed to be very, very bright on Sam, It kind of dimmed everyone else, which it, a couple of us thought, you know, wasn't too fair, was it? So I think, yeah, seeing her have a human side, again, not meaning to sound awful. But that sometimes like you said it sometimes it just doesn't happen and that's okay like and the best thing was at the end when millie went over to her
1: she took defeat graciously yes which i really like you, know, you see players like ronaldo and they have a stomp and they stomp off and yeah. everything but she was very gracious in defeat and i thought you know what that speaks volumes about yeah. um, character and that that was something that i thought you know what she, she's not she's human Mm. and she'll pick herself up and she'll go again at the next world cup um and it'll fuel her for the next one but i just thought it was just really nice how she reacted and in fact all the aussie girls were like that the odd ones were having a bit of a moan and a cry but the majority of them were like "Mm, okay fair play better better team won And they all had hugs and it
0: was all all right. Yeah, I was going to say that about um, the fans as well. The majority on social media, you know, if it was the men's match, it would be probably a bit more um, X-rated, the comments. But the majority have been like, you know what? We played well, but we were outclassed on the night. Well done, England. And that's been lovely to see, again, you know, why why we love this game so much. Because people just genuinely want the best for their team, but can also recognise quality of another team without getting yeah. too hurt about it um so yeah so that was really nice earlier and there was i saw as well i if you saw it there was a little boy holding up a sign saying i want to be the next sam kerr oh. and for yes we're talking about inspiring young girls everywhere but the fact that little boys as well or just children in general are just seeing athletes they're just seeing sports stars and they like, i yeah. want to be the next that person it Gender doesn't matter, and I just thought that was really a really poignant moment um, that 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 panned around. So so yeah, so that that was a really touching minute of uh, of the game. Um, but yeah, back to the actual game. <laughs> yeah, <sorry. laughs> um, no, God, we're going around the houses, aren't we? We've talked about this a lot, but Australia did have their chances. It wasn't you know all one way traffic from England, but they just didn't have that clinical finish, did they? That usually we're talking about that from England but as we built into the game and got more confident and obviously our goals ramped up which was fantastic um it was just the fact that when alessia scored and all of the girls ran down um the sideline didn't they? and yeah. laura coombs still had her blanket in her hand because she clearly didn't even think she just got up and sprinted uh, in order to hug Lessie. and we said um Esme and morgan didn't we She's just been the best hype woman for this team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like you saw her at half time go to Mary and be like, well done, Mary, keep going, blah, blah, blah. And then, um, when you see in the dressing room, she's hyping everybody up. She's making bracelets for everybody yeah. in, in special colors that they want. Um, and then when they all scored, um, she was the first player to whoever scored, like, Literally, like the minute they went near the touchline, that was it. She was there. She was on them. I think Tony was trying to get at Lesley, but she got no chance with Esme Morgan in the way. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was quite funny. But um, it was—it was just great to see that type of attitude um, compared to when we've watched them play before. And there's been—you can argue that there's been less at stake in previous years because it hasn't been such a big phenomenon. Mm. But now it's like a big thing. And as a crowd of 75,000 people cheering you on, it's like big pressure and it's like a really big thing. And I just literally had a pile on. And then you saw little Jordan in the kit. And I think the kit man, kit man Rich, yeah. needs to go down to the under under 12 boys development squad and nick some kit for Jordan because <laughs> that women's kit is massive on massive her. Massive on
0: her, isn't it? It's drowning her. um, Yeah, but... And again that goes back to don't underestimate your squad players because yeah. you need people like Esme there to keep your spirits up, to keep you kind of grounded and supported. and you know, her, you know, I Esme is yes. okay.
1: what
0: are we gonna say? She's she's a new Jill
1: Scott, but without the yeah. she's a Jill Scott hype. But Hi. she's but um she, she's got um I I think she's the Jill Scott hype woman, but at the same time All the others have picked up, uh, Jill's banter and jokes.
0: Yeah, because I was just going to say, there'll be a couple of players there, like Katie, Esme, uh, probably Neve and Laura, Jordan, to a certain extent, who probably know they're not going to get many minutes, if at all, but they know they're still such an important part of that squad. And the fact that they're keeping everyone kind of surrounded by love and support is, but so, like, outwardly, not kind of behind the scenes um is is brilliant and yeah we love we love esme and morgan uh, so because obviously she's listening so uh keep it up esme uh, we absolutely love it now coming to the end of the game then so we are up three one and the end is in sight and then chloe kelly comes on so how do you feel about chloe having a different kind of role in these games because i miss her being the Chloe Kelly that scored, scored that wonder goal. Um, So yeah, how do you feel about her changing into a new kind of role this tournament?
1: I love the Chloe Kelly that comes on and is an absolute terrier and can hold the front line whilst we bring Beth England on to play a deeper role and consolidate midfield. Um, I don't like this time wasting. Thing, but that's me. I've always hated time wasting, just get on with it and carry on going. Don't you know, if it's the last 30 seconds of the game, fair enough, take it to the corner flag, but not the last 10 minutes. It's just carry on with the game, keep possession, keep moving it around, um, and 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 do that. But I guess it's just game management, isn't it? And if that's what is wanted, then that's what's wanted. But I miss Chloe coming on and scoring a couple of
0: bangers because she could have got a couple of goals like she she's got the power and the skill to do that and that would have been great to see wouldn't it not chloe kelly going to the corner we know she can do that like and yeah anyone could do that but yeah she she doesn't need to do that but again if that's what she's been told to do to kind of come on and kind of control the situation then fair enough but even the yellow card was it was a silly yellow card wasn't it kind of yeah off again like because we know the refs at this tournament they're adding the minutes on if you mess about so don't make it that obvious like yeah <laughs> be more subtle about it but as it was getting closer and closer to the end australia were getting really radgy <laughs> they were getting really angry yeah. caitlin ford in particular was really angry with him and probably shoved her out of the way so she could take her throw in really quickly and you can see why well, they knew their time was running out they wanted as many chances as possible but England were just too dominant weren't they at the end of the day and it just wasn't Australia's day but as we've said that's fine it happens they've had a phenomenal tournament they've got further than they ever have so they've got so much to walk away and be proud of that yeah it's going to hurt but like we said earlier they've got their next match one more match to really go out and just absolutely give it everything that they've got i love that we've also got commentary um from the cat <laughs> yeah sorry the cats turned up um, Food time, <laughs> and a shake of the bell to prove it as well love it uh but yeah it was a really really enjoyable game of football um and i rang my mum and dad earlier and i was like do you enjoy the game and they were both like yeah it was brilliant wasn't it oh did you see this bit did you see that bit so again for people to be so animated about the match is phenomenal and I don't know about you but i feel like this is an england team that are capable of winning on sunday so the next thing we'll talk about is sunday (laughs) okay so england women our lionesses have got the furthest ever 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 they're the first team to make a final since 1966 as we keep singing about every single year um so hopefully they Hopefully they release another song because the unofficial one that came out wasn't great. I don't know if you heard it. Oh, I was at the one about We Are A Lioness with Mel C. Yeah. Now, when they released the lineup, it was Mel C, Self-Esteem. I was like, oh, this is going to be brilliant. Mm. Um, not so much. If you haven't listened to it, uh, go do so and uh, let us know your thoughts. But, yeah, it wasn't wasn't that great, to be honest. I really liked, I don't know about you, but the Nike advert that um, had, uh, was it Miss Banks? in it and it was yeah. um like a lioness I love mm-hmm. that I thought that should have been released as like a as a as a single to it because it suited the lionesses so much better because it was really cool. Um well, could have just got Rachel Daly to do some karaoke for three minutes. Or that yeah that can work
1: <laughs> you can do anything can Rachel Daly she can even fix your sink <laughs>
0: <laughs> well she can play every position on the pitch so why not?
1: you know she can do
0: everything but yeah they've got this incredible bond haven't they um and i was watching um lionesses live and Toonie was saying that and jess carter who again Jess carter phenomenal tournament they were saying you know the bond between them they've they're just so strong and they you know trust each other more than anything so and that really comes across in their football and it's been wonderful to see but yeah so i think they are the team since we don't have our euro winning team. I think this form that they're in, I think they can go on and win it. So, from what you've seen from Spain, are you happy it's the best two teams that have got through to the final? And what kind of threats do you think Spain are going to pose us on Sunday? So, are Spain
1: the best team? Um they've been really good this tournament um they're definitely in the top couple of teams for sure um but their whole seat the whole the whole season the whole tournament has been overshadowed by backroom politics regarding management yeah. and their football association and conduct and um a, accusations of abuse and controlling coercive behavior and for me that makes me if i was a neutral for spain not to not to want them to win it Mm -hmm. purely because i don't want to give their management team the satisfaction of being successful when they're behaving so apparently i think it's just appalling Um, So I would, if I was a neutral, I'd back England because I wouldn't Mm. want that. The Spanish players are phenomenal. They're amazing. I mean, there's a lot of Barca players in there and they had a brilliant season. Mm. Uh, But for me, because of the management, I think it's uh, against the establishment kind of thing. And that's why I don't want Spain to win because I don't want them to get the credit. When you look at the girls when they're celebrating at the end, all the management are isolated it's the girls doing it for themselves and you know things like they're not allowed to lock their bedroom doors and stuff like that it's just all these things that are coming out of camp it's just it it shouldn't be happening in this day and age and you you kind of if, if you'd heard of it from one of the nations that was less affluent and maybe less westernized in their um approach to um, the world and the way the world uh, evolves then you could maybe go I'd expect that behavior from that um that type of environment but when it's happening in Spain you're just like no I'm not having that same as America not having it so I just think I'm so glad we've got Serena Viman in our setup as our manager yeah. and I think, yeah, um, I really hope England win, but Spain, um, Atana Bomati is going to be an absolute pain in the posterior for us, uh, along with a couple of the players. And they've got a lot of youth that are fantastic. So I think it's going to be a very tough game, but I think it's going to be a very beautiful game and it's going to be a very busy game and it's going to be a lot of end-to-end stuff and hopefully lots of goals but hopefully all the goals are for england
0: yeah um no i couldn't have said it better i think with all the stuff that's going on with the spanish federation and uh Wilder, obviously his dad's high up in the spanish federation so it's it's a horrible situation to be in because the players themselves like you said are fantastic and if they do win they've got the skill to be able to win um and you want them to win for the players but you know full well if they win he's not going anywhere and he's going to get the credit as manager and all of this and it's not deserved like he shouldn't be allowed to again it's all what the players have said but obviously we don't know anything um it's all alleged but yeah management like that can't can't take place in this day and age at all like that's absolutely ridiculous um so yeah so it's a catch 22 you won the players to perform the best and then the best team on the day win of course you do but i think it would be better if spin didn't win for many reasons but him being one of them because he doesn't deserve that credit at all and like you said when they celebrate it's not with him it's not with the management team it's the girls and it's the players and what they have done because they have they've they've had a really good tournament um japan obviously got the better of them didn't they when they, they beat them four. now yeah. Um, but apart from that, you know, they've got threats like Salma Paraluelo, like she's 19. Paraluelo yeah. 19 and she's performing like that on the world stage. I mean, she's phenomenal. So it's going to be hard. They are very technically good on the ball. However, I was listening to something else and they said, you know, what can be exploited as their defense. It's not mm-hmm. that great. So I think our defense is solid we're fun.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: um but yeah it'll be can we penetrate their defense and can we use it to our advantage and i think we've got the strongest team to be able to do that um so yes yeah, so i've got a really good feeling about sunday so shall we should we try and make a prediction we'll try and yeah. um channel farah um who always predicts them right so i don't yeah. know if you got, have you got any any predictions early prediction
1: because
0: oh. we beat them 2-1 in the euros but that was a very different team on both sides. yeah it was
1: a very different team go free to england
0: ah yeah um i'm thinking there's going to be goals but then i don't know if will it be tighter will it be 2-1 england mm. will it be 3-3 go to extra time and maybe get a 4-3 england mm.
1: I, don't I can't see it going to penalties i think it'll be decided yeah. i think it'll be decided if,
0: even if it goes to extra time before that mm. okay um uh, mm. so you said three two mm. i think there's going to be goals i'm going to say four three four three okay i'm gonna yeah we've both got a three in there so whatever happens hopefully there'll be a three a <laughs> <laughs> uh, three for us anyway um and just the final thing i want to say would be how amazing would it be if lucy bronze finally got her last trophy that she needs to complete her cabinet the absolutely phenomenal player that she is that has she can retire, then. Can she retire happy she can retire happy she's won absolutely everything else so she's it's the one that she said she wanted as well out of yeah, all of them absolutely and even after the euros last summer didn't she she was like eh, there's one more that i want Yeah. And I think, I think this could be the year to do it. It's, it's the best they've ever done. Why not? Why
1: can't they do it? So it's her best chance at winning it. And I think she's going to be so motivated and so hungry. And I think the, the players of her generation are going to be so hungry for success that it's going to inspire the younger ones even more than they already
0: are. Absolutely. Um, just getting getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Just how incredible would it be if we do the Euros last summer, and then we do the World Cup the following year? I think Serena should be. Well, they were talking about it, weren't they? Building a statue outside yeah. of Wembley to commemorate the lionesses. I think, yeah, Serena just needs to be made of gold, um, and immortalized forever because obviously her and her team are phenomenal for the way they've encouraged and kind of nurtured, nurtured our lionesses. So yeah, I think the perfect ending to to everything would be if, if we do get that win. So we will keep everything crossed, absolutely mm-hmm. everything. And hopefully it is a England win on Sunday. So any final thoughts before we go?
1: Come on England. <laughs>
0: Come on, the lasses, indeed. So thank you very much for listening, as always. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe and follow and whatever you need to do um, to follow us across social media. We are the whole 115 yards across all of your social media platforms. And fingers crossed, we are World Cup winners. Can you imagine that world cup winners on Sunday? It's on 11 AM. It is being broadcast on BBC and ITV, I believe. So yeah, get yourselves ready, settle in deep breaths and get those straight lozenges for Monday for when you, (laughs) for the sore throat for the shouting. Yeah. Tell work you won't be in on Monday morning and fingers crossed, we can make history once again. So thank you very much for listening. And we will hopefully see you when we are World Cup winners. Goodbye.